0: So is the moon one of the stars, as Robert seems to report, or is a moon a uh, planet, no, no, a satellite, not, ex- not a star at all, as modern science tells us? is always, whenever we translate from one language to another, there is always a semantic loss, a loss in terms of meaning. For example, you know in Hindi we say Bhagawan Krishna ke alag-alag gud hai. So now many devotees who learn Hindi and they learn English, Krishna has different, different qualities. Now those who are coming from an English background, why do you have to say two different? Krishna has different qualities. Why do you need different, different over there? One <laughs> different is enough. So, so any translation Always leads to some semantic confusion. So the point here is the word nakshatra. Sanskrit, the Sanskrit point is nakshatra ramsheshi. That's like the Sanskrit words. So now if we look at nakshatra, what exactly is a nakshatra? Like if we translate it as a star, then among stars and the moon. That's the way Prabhupada translates it. But then Prabhupada's translations are basically convenient verbal tools to get people some introductory grasp. But you know, the exact concept cannot be translated into different language. For example, Prabhupada uses the word incarnation for But the word incarnation, you know, in karma, karma means flesh. The karni here, flesh. So incarnation, this is word actually coming from Christian theology to refer to the descent of Jesus. So, they say the the divine divinity of God, divinity of Christ, became manifested in the humanity of Jesus. And that's a complex theological statement of Christianity. But the point is, Jesus is supposed to have lived in flesh. And yet, they consider him an incarnation. So, now when we use the word incarnation, this word incarnation was used by uh, Western Indologists when they studied India, they studied Indian literature,
1: and they had a conception
0: that Krishna also has a material body. Now because that was the word familiar to them, and at that now because of all these video games, the word avatar has become quite familiar. But at that time, the word avatar was not familiar to people. So what Prabhupada did was, Prabhupada used the familiar verbal term, that is incarnation. But then he emphasized, Krishna does not have a material body. So like that, when we talk about the word nakshatra, can come to, yes, Prabhupada translate to as a star, but it is not star in the sense in which we use it in science. It's a different sense, you know, for example, in the Ikshnu Sahasrana, it is described as Saptarachi, 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 that there are seven kinds of fire. Now we just know one kind of fire, it's produced by combustion. You know, what are the seven kinds of fire it is described that there are, now that a, there are different kinds of at least in concept times there are different kinds of fire you know, we have hot light sources we have cold light sources so we you know the moonlight is cooling and soothing the sunlight is heating and blazing so we can have some understanding of that but the point is that in the Vedic scriptures the word nakshatra is not used in the same Mm -hmm. in the same specific scientific sense as it is used in the uh, modern scientific sense. So, we can't just transplant transplant terms from here to there and understand. The point is that the moon, nakshatranam amshashin. What is the principle that Krishna is telling over here? That, okay, there are many celestial objects. Which to us seem luminous. Which to us seem luminous. But among those luminous objects, the maximum luminal luminosity in the night sky comes from the moon. And if there is a bright moon in the night sky, the moon catches our attention. And the whole purpose of the 10th chapter of Godi Yoga is that whatever catches our attention actually manifests Krishna, a spark of Krishna's all that so whenever anything attractive we find this word, we should immediately connect into Krishna and remember Krishna. So that way we can connect things with Krishna and remember Krishna. So the principle of this verse is that, now whether what is the kind of illumination that comes from the stars, what is the kind of illumination that comes from the moon? That is a complex scientific subject, which is not the focus of the Bhagavad Gita,
1: the focus is
0: among the objects that appear luminous to us, which catches our attention, it is the moon. And then that moon's attraction catching potency, comes from Krishna and therefore the moon should remind us of Krishna. That is the point. So, when Prabhupada is saying that over there uh, the moon is a star, the important point which he is making over here is, not that it is a star exactly in a scientific sense, the point is, to our eyes, it appears a source of luminosity, and there are different kinds of luminosity. The science may say that, as of now, it may say that it just reflects the light which comes from the moon. But as we know that the electromagnetic spectrum is large, and what we call as light is only visible light. So whether the moon is a source of a different kind of light, which the moon for which comes from it originally, we don't know. the Scriptures also talk about the fact that the moon is a reflection; moon reflects the sun's light. Chaitanya-chartamad contains a metaphor. So the moon reflects sun's sunlight. Similarly, the devotees of Lord Chaitanya reflected the beauty of the plot, Chaitanya. That is also known to scripture. The point here which you are making is simple, we shouldn't divorce scriptural statements from their context and purpose. The purpose of the statement nama Amshashi is not to give a uh, give a crash course in cosmology. <laughs> you know, it is simply when we look at the night sky, how that reflection on the night sky can remind us of Krishna? Hmm?